0: Welcome to Hire the Smile, the podcast on all things related to human resources in veterinary medicine. Join me, Katie Ardeline, and my colleague, Mike Pownell as we discuss how to support and take care of the people who are instrumental in making your business a success.
1: Great businesses share one common feature. They focus on taking care of their employees. They create businesses where everyone feels empowered and motivated to be the best they can be. Hi, and welcome to Hire the Smile, the 2022 edition. I'm Mike Pownall, and always, I'm joined by my friend, Katie Arline. Hey, Katie. Hey, Michael. So, we're probably a couple of weeks late because everybody has done all their New Year's resolutions, predictions, reflections on the previous year, but we thought we'd get all of our colleagues at Oculus, near and far, to send us an audio clip of their predictions for the, the coming year. And so we thought we'd share the predictions and then Katie and I would, oh, just shower them with shred. our keen insights.
0: Shred them. Oh, we're going to
1: insights. No, okay. no, I'm not going to shred them. Okay. We're an HR podcast. We're both right, right, helping right. people, not shredding Lift them. Lift
2: people up. Lift yeah. people.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So. Gotcha. <laughs> hey, before we jump in there, how are your holidays? I know we're, like, we're so late on this, but generally good.
0: Oh, pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I prefer a quieter holiday and it certainly was that again this year. So mm-hmm. uh, that was totally fine. And the S didn't necessarily hit the fan with Omicron as far as like from business perspective until after the holidays a little bit. So there was a bit of a mental break at least involved.
1: Yeah. You know, it's also the holidays It's the timing. So in Canada, mm-hmm. we get a mm-hmm. statutory holiday. So we get two over Christmas, one for Christmas Day, and the next day, Boxing Day, because A, hey, we're of the Commonwealth. And then New Year's, we always get New Year's Day off. And so ended up that, and we do inventory on New Year's Eve, and I've been warned never to come around the clinic on those days. So that was Absolutely a four-day not. weekend. Yeah, And then Christmas was another four-day weekend, <laughs> and so with like a three-day in between. So it was like a very mini vacations and quiet, so it was actually very relaxing.
0: Well, that's good. That's what vacation is supposed to be.
1: Yeah, so it's good. So anyway, let's dig into the predictions. The first one is our colleague here in Canada, Alyssa Rubenstein, who handles all of our wonderful marketing. We'll be hearing more from Alyssa in our next podcast, but let's listen into what Alyssa's prediction was for 2022. Hi,
0: this is Alyssa,
1: and I hope everyone is having a great start to the new year. Within the last year, events, conferences, and learning has been pushed online. It's led to a lot of people struggling with burnout from constantly staring at a screen and lack of human interaction. My hope for 2022 is that we continue to find creative ways to connect with others and that there are new platforms to make online conferences easier and more enjoyable. My wish is to be able to attend and have in-person events in a safe way by the end of the year. So, Mm -hmm. she's wanting to connect people. And I think we're starting to see a theme here and also (laughs) have us meet online and in person. Wouldn't that be wonderful?
0: That would be interesting. Yeah. I have to say she mentioned trade shows and and conferences. It'd be nice to have those in person again. And I I have to say, I mean, we, we did a couple of conferences this year where we presented and then we had a virtual quote unquote trade show. Uh, where you sort of sit around all day and see if somebody decides to enter your booth. And it's really not the same whatsoever. As much as, you know, I think back to times that we spent at trade shows, the long days, the concrete floors, the terrible food. uh, There's something to be said for people just popping by and you're like, oh, hey, how's it going? And, you know, people you know, people you don't know, you know, piquing people's interests. I do miss that, I have to say. Not while it's happening, but definitely fond memories are made. It would be nice to be back in person for this stuff, but I think it'd be interesting to see the online trade show or online conference sphere sort of improve itself. So it's more interactive and more user friendly.
1: Absolutely. You talk to vendors, and honestly, you know, as much as we're like, oh, all these vendors are how we're getting our promotions and ads from them, they're the reason why we get our veterinary education conferences. They're the ones that are. Mm-hmm. They pay to be there and the, and we do benefit from them. But yeah, it's so awkward. I have spent weekends being part of a trade fair, quote unquote, mm-hmm. waiting for the person to show up. And it's just uh there's you don't get that serendipitous of somebody walking down your aisle and like, oh my God, I haven't seen so and so for years. And mm-hmm. not that they're interested in what Oculus is presenting, but it's just nice to see people that you know and catch up and
0: and then there's try. the candy.
1: There's that <laughs> there's too.
0: Much yes. less candy.
1: Absolutely, it's important. In November, my wife and I presented at a conference—very a uh, yeah, small conference, but there was a hundred people there. And wow, it was the first time in almost two years where I presented in front of live people. Mm-hmm. And unlike when you're doing it on a Zoom call and you're not even sure people are actually on the other end, to actually interact and have people react, raise their hands, have spontaneous questions, have interactions after the presentation was. Wow. I got to be honest. The first day after the first day of presenting exhausted. Yeah. yeah. Ex- I'm out. Couldn't move.
0: That's a good points. You know, we've done a lot of, training sessions for big groups, small groups. And definitely there are things that are lost, uh, having to do it virtually and even just the fun part of it, you know, like presenting can be fun, uh, <laughs> and definitely more fun in person aside from, you know, being able to wear sweatpants, uh, on the bottom and like a nice shirt on top. That's mm-hmm. kind of, and not having necessarily to do a bunch of plane travel. Other than that, I miss it. I have to say, yep. uh, after all this time, for sure. Yeah,
1: for sure. All right, so joining us from over in the Netherlands, just outside of Utrecht, is our longtime colleague and one of the founders of Oculus, Joop Lomans. Let's see what Joop has to say about 2022.
2: Hello there, this is Joop Lomans from Oculus Insights Europe. Thinking back uh, about the last year, 2021, and the whole COVID period and how it affected us uh, in, in our daily life, One thing that has become become very obvious, and that's the importance that pets and companion animals play in in the lives of a lot of people. If you see the amount uh, of dogs and cats, uh, if you see the amount of people uh, riding horses, going out, uh, having distraction from from the daily work at home, uh, these animals play a very important role. That can certainly be or certainly is reflected in um, the way or the amount of work that veterinarians have. The veterinary work has kind of exploded the last year uh, and thinking about all the precautions that you had to take in order to uh, work with animals, like uh, curbside pickups and things like that, um, it all increased the, the workload of the, of the veterinarians. A lot of veterinarians are leaving the profession or leaving the practice, I should say, because you're a veterinarian for life. But they are disappointed uh, because of the long days, the working hours, impossible demands of customers and lack of support by their colleagues uh, in the practice. So I think for Oculus Insights, it's important to show the veterinary profession that things can be done differently that we have a very appealing and attractive profession, um, that it's great to work in a high-end team in a practice, that it's not only the high-end work, but also the daily talk with the customers and their pets that is very, very effectful and very helpful to them in order to be able to enjoy their pets. So for 2022, I really hope and wish that we can, turn the tide and make our profession far more attractive and welcoming to young and bright vets that want to join us. The profession and the animal-human bond is too important to let it go and not make them enjoy the services and the things that we can provide to help them join their animals. So taking care of our profession, taking care of our colleagues, is a very, very important role that we can play in 2022. We have new tools and ideas coming up, and we're looking forward to work with you and your profession to make a turn, to make a a negative into a positive, and to make uh, and create and help bright people work in our practices. And that doesn't matter if you're an employee or or if you're an employer, if you work in in a corporate, or if you work in a mom and pop shop. All these practices have their own place in society and all deserve attention. And that's where we can help you with. So we're looking out to 2022 and uh, hope to play a positive role in this change that we make for the better of our profession, for the joy and happiness that people have with their animals and for the, the working engagement and fun that veterinarians and technicians have in their profession. I wish you all a very, very happy 2022 with your family, your friends, and your pets. And we're hoping to see you again uh, in this year and help, together with you, build a better future for our profession. Thank you and all the best.
0: Ah, Joke, he's so smart uh, and well-spoken.
2: Yes. (laughs) I wish Uh, I
1: spoke English as well as he does as a second language. I know that man speaks a lot of languages.
0: Yeah. yeah, So I, I love what he's saying, you know, the gist of which is we need to do a better job in devising ways to show young, bright people, particularly those that are interested in being veterinarians, that the profession is a great one and have it be more welcoming to those young, bright vets. And, you know, he does a lot of work on the education side of things. But, you know, as far as making the industry itself more welcoming, I think that the onus is on us as leaders and as everybody, you know, folks listening as managers and practice owners to challenge the way they think about employee management and challenge the way that even in vet schools, you know, setting people up better to handle the non-animal part of veterinary medicine. What do you think?
1: Absolutely. I mean, and that's something we always talk about, making the profession more attractive to people, but having great teams and and having great communication. I mean, that's like, yes, yes, yes. I mean, absolutely. There was one line, I don't know how obvious it was, that really resonated with me, though, and it's interesting. Here we are in an HR podcast, but really coming back, an element that makes this profession so great is just actually that bond with the animal, Mm -hmm. the the caring, the ability to take care of animals. And over the last couple of years, we've been focused on how busy we are in the profession, how understaffed, how awkward it is with curbside pickup, how belligerent customers can be. All those things are true. But underlying it is what brought most of, not all of us into the profession is our love of animals. For whatever reason why we want to heal or care for animals, it was one of those like tiny little innocuous sentences and i was like you know what we have really lost track of that over the last couple of years Mm -hmm. and i think that's an area where we can find some i wouldn't say resilience but at least some rejuvenation is that relationship with the animals because yes the people aspect of it can be tough horrible work environments as i said you know the hours the abuse the, the pay there's a lot of crap but the animals that does make it all worthwhile.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a great point. You know, going back to the why of why people are in the profession. uh, And I doubt any of them would say that it was because they enjoy writing notes or they want to be millionaires or, you know, I want to do
1: more curbside pickup. Yeah.
0: yeah, More curbside, less client interaction. And well, I think that A lot of the folks were relieved that the clients weren't coming into the practice because things were more efficient, maybe have a a different uh, mindset now, you know, and even thinking for myself, I've had a couple of appointments recently for my horse and having the young, bright, enthusiastic vets coming and dealing and having that interaction. It really, it makes you feel like you are doing the best that you can for your animals. And uh, that interaction is just so valuable. So Yop had a lot of great things to say.
1: Yeah. Getting a bit of a theme here too, with interactions with people. Wow.
0: Yeah. Jeez.
1: <laughs> a previous guest of our podcast last year was Yope's colleague, Bob van der Heiden, from the Netherlands as well. Let's listen to what Bob talks about.
2: Hi. First of all, I would like to wish you a successful and above all healthy 2022. I'm sure it will be another year with plenty of challenges to make it an interesting one. For me, 2022 will be the year when we put veterinary gamification on the map. Whether it's about recruiting, new employees, onboarding or optimal work climate, gamification will play an important role in changing behavior, learning new skills and as a driver for innovation. Take care.
1: Gamification. So we'll put in the show notes the date in the episode or a link to Bob's uh, podcast with us when he talked about gamification, which is basically using gaming as a way to onboard, train new staff, and especially with larger practices to really get everybody at the same level and having a consistent training. And I just, I like how Bob is really pushing the boundaries of how we can. Get better teams I thought that was uh, I liked his message
0: thinking about innovations in how to create team culture and and team togetherness I think is really interesting and the young ones the young kids these days are really' gaming I've heard it's a thing online gaming says me with only recently decent internet uh, but but I think it's really good and I think it's a step further from, you know, here's a CD-ROM of like what our culture is. It's like, okay, well, let's actually live this a little bit and, and work together. I think it's, uh, it's really interesting. Uh, and whether it's fully online or it's teams that get information online and then have to go and do an activity together or whatever the case may be, I think it's a really interesting way of creating relationships and mm. forging communication and opening those lines up.
1: Well, I just was thinking about it. I mean, we know that having uh, a comprehensive, consistent training program does so much to have great teams, to get people on board, to set up people for success. And it's one of the hardest things to do because usually we're hiring people, we're busy, we don't have time, the attention, the focus. And against our best interests, it really is sink or swim. Mm-hmm. That's one of the frustrations I have with my own practice at times, but just in general, and so I'm, I'm like, hey, if there's a better way we can do this, I, I'm on board. I know Bob's got a lot of uh, new clients with it this year in the in the EU. So yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes. I think this is they're onto something over there for sure. So closer to home, somebody that we don't often hear about is Dr. Glenn Armstrong. And Glenn, I've known we met in business school. Didn't know him before business school. We were the only two vets in our MBA program and we met each other on the first day and we became close, close friends. So let's listen to what Glenn has to say.
0: Hi, this is Glenn. My wish for the new year is that we take more time to appreciate our personal interactions, that we create a safe space for people to be human, and that we strive to provide an environment that's equitable to all. By providing people with tools to navigate daily communications, teaching our clients how we expect to be treated, and finding creative compensation methods, we can help promote a fair workplace where everyone can grow as a person. I'd like to wish all a happy and hopeful new year. Thank you. Some interesting thoughts from Glenn. The thing that stuck out for me much as you had, uh, something that stuck out for you from Yoke, and along the same lines, is his idea of cherishing personal interactions. I love what he said, too, about creating equity in the industry. Uh, and the one thing that uh, hasn't been mentioned yet, so I think Yoke was sort of getting around it a little bit, was the idea that we need to teach clients how we want to be treated.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: And and have them not take advantage and not sacrifice the mental health of our veterinarians for the satisfaction of our clients. Yep, That's just such a zero-sum game. <laughs> we have a hard enough time recruiting and and attracting people to the industry, or at least getting people through vet schools, and then to have them come into the profession and the clients, are just impossible to deal with. It's so heartbreaking and doesn't need to happen. You know, I think in your practice, you do a really good job of sort of saying, this is who we are, and this is how we do things. And if you don't like it, then maybe we're not the vet practice for you. But that's not necessarily something that I've seen in a lot of the other practices we work with. And, you know, there's a long list of people who, when they call, everybody sort of takes a deep breath and rolls their eyes and hopes for the best. I think it'd be interesting to really explore this with people about how they're how they're signaling to their clients how they want to be treated.
1: Absolutely. And I know, I mean, we talked about this once. We had a podcast about the yeah. customer is not always right, and it's not. I mean, this ties into that whole great resignation that's going on in North America. I just read an article this afternoon about a chef who just, you know, the reason why he's leaving the food industry is just because of just what a toxic environment and a large part of it are the people that you have to interact with. Yeah, And it seems to be getting worse. Going back to doing virtual conferences and virtual Q&As, a number of times, I'm thinking of one you and I did recently in November, uh, and we are talking about tips to get through the pandemic and tips to think forward, going forward, what have you it was the customer's not always right. And we recommended practice owners are you've got to, you know, when you find those people, as you said, that when they call or there's an appointment and the vet is like sleepless the night before, cause they're just worried about what kind of crap is going to happen in the appointment or, you know, they're super nice to the vet, but they're berating the receptionist or what mm-hmm. have you. it's like, those people have to go. Mm-hmm. And a couple of people were like, thank you. Thank you for saying that. But my owner of the practice is like, Every client is best and I don't want to lose the income and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, it's such a uh, dichotomy because as vets, we just, we want to please and we we give so much, but we give and we take so much abuse sometimes. That to me, if I was going to make a prediction, one of my predictions for 2022 would be like a little bit more of, you know what, let's take care of our teams so we can take care of the pets of the great customers that we have better. Absolutely. Yeah. Glenn is always so smart. He always has really interesting insights. And so speaking of the Armstrongs, let's hear what uh, Sue Armstrong has to say. And many of you have heard Sue. And uh, we talk about Sue, I think, every episode about her personal coaching that she does.
0: Hi, this is Sue. And my New Year's wish for you is that as we move into 2022 and all of the possibility and opportunities that it has to offer and that we take with us the learnings from our previous year that we also remember to live in the present and experience every moment of every day for the beauty that it gives us. I wish you joy, love, health and happiness this coming year. I love what Sue talked about there. So Sue. Uh, you know, about living in the present moment and taking every moment for what it is. And what jumped out for me here is the sessions we have with Dr. Tova Caldwell on mindfulness and resilience and that idea of living in the moment and and really just evaluating what's actually happening to you right now instead of horribleizing and thinking, okay, what's the worst case or ignoring things and just hoping that everything's going to be okay. It's just such a Sue thing to say for sure that mindfulness and the resilience part of things really jumped out for me. And again, this, everything really always ties together. And, you know, we had Yoke talking about taking care of, of staff and Glenn as well. uh, But teaching people things beyond just vet skills, teaching them about resilience, teaching them about mindfulness Mm -hmm. and just having it be part of their vocabulary. And I think also, Educating practice owners and practice managers on what employees actually need, how they can make their work environments more friendly or more amenable to positive mental health for their staff.
1: But I think what you're saying is just listening to the staff. I was, I was recording a podcast. I do a monthly podcast with the American Association of Equine Practitioners. I just recorded one earlier this week. And one of, one of the guests who I really want to get on uh, Hire the Smile this year, I love her attitude of her staff. And they do a weekly check-in through email with all of their staff where they ask the three questions. What do we need to keep doing? What are we doing well? What do we need to stop doing? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So every week it's in the moment, nothing festers. And then they have their weekly huddle. It's anonymous and stuff comes up and they talk about it. And I just thought, ah, what a great Mm -hmm. idea to do that just on a regular basis. So you're there, you're hearing it in the moment. And you can address things before they get worse. You can celebrate things that are going well.
0: I love that. And I love that idea of developing people's voices too. You know, And this is something that would benefit them beyond just sort of what happens at work, but getting them comfortable with speaking their mind mm-hmm. in all facets of their life. I think that's great. That's yeah. such a good idea.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I was just thinking of what uh, Sue was saying, live in the presence. I was reading a blog earlier this week I haven't finished it yet, but I just, they are talking about negative thoughts and yes, we all have negative thoughts. And this one person has an attitude of, I really try not to worry about what could happen in the future in a negative way, because if it does come true, I've lived it twice. One was the apprehension. And secondly, of actually it happening, mm-hmm. and he says, that's just, that's just twice as much time as I need to be spending on something that's negative. And I was like, that's all right. I like that. That's a good way of looking at it.
0: Yeah. I think there's something to be said for sort of preparing for the worst. I mean, it's an adage for a reason, but it's sort okay. Well, this is the worst thing that could happen. But right now we're in a Schrodinger's cat situation and it might or might not be. So, okay. I've thought about it. It's in my mind. Like, how would I deal with that? And then let it go and move on until it actually happens.
1: Yeah. I've got to say, this is me patting myself on the head a little bit. So... In my other life, I run a practice and has Omicron's going on and there's some bad stuff happening and whatever, whatever. Something came up that I was so worried about earlier this week. and I'm like, I'm not going to sleep. I'm just not going to sleep. I'm going to be up all night fretting about it. And then I sort of thought of that saying, like, it may not happen. So why think about it twice? Mm-hmm. And I actually slept the whole night. So it was a little mm. bit of like positive attitude.
0: Mm-hmm self-hypnotism or something
1: maybe self-talk or maybe i was just really tired and could be <laughs> yeah. yeah that's probably more likely so so what are our predictions for the year katie do you want to go first or you want me to go first
0: truth be told we did talk about this before the podcast so why don't you start because we sort of both had the same idea for this and i took it in a little bit of a different way but why don't you get rolling
1: yeah so i was just thinking of i read my doom scrolling is what's going on in the labor markets, particularly in North America, of people not coming to work. And everybody talks about, oh, it's government assistance, people don't want to work. Mm. And the reality is, it's an idea that sounds right, but the reality is not right. And that is, even when government subsidies are taken away, people are not going back to work. These people just don't want to work at bad jobs anymore. And we talk a lot in the vet industry, no matter where you go in the world, number one problem everybody has is there aren't enough vets or there aren't enough vets that want to work hard or whatever. There's not enough vets. And so the question is, is it a shortage of vets or do we do a really poor job retaining vets in our practices? In general, I'm not talking specific practices, I'm talking in general. I would say we have a retaining problem or a rather than a recruiting problem. I think we don't do a good enough job keeping people within the profession, going what you were just saying earlier, just like listening to people, understanding what people want and accommodating that and and making our practices better suited to our employees. And so what my hope, and I think it's it's a bit of a prediction, is we're going to be a lot more wise about retaining veterinarian support staff and if we can do that, we, then, we don't have to spend so much time recruiting and in a bigger global sense, if all of a sudden we are doing a better job retaining people, word gets around, it starts getting to new people that want to go into the vet profession, people graduating from the vet profession, that, hey, the vet profession is somewhere that I want to work in because it's really a fun place to be, mm-hmm. professionally satisfying then we're going to have more people and it's not going to be such a tight squeeze recruiting people. So it's a bit of a yin and yang thing that you need both, but I think we got to start with retaining it because if we're just going to recruit, burn them out and have them leave, then we're on a horrible treadmill that just is harder and harder to overcome.
0: Definitely. So my prediction or my thought is along those lines of, trying to make the profession more attractive for people. And uh, I think a lot of the time we assume that we know what people want and, you know, like what would keep them in a job. I think it'd be interesting to do a large-scale survey specific to the vet industry about what's important to the employee. And I think one thing that has happened over the last couple of years and will continue to happen is innovation as far as flexibility goes. So, you know, for example we had the idea that, oh my gosh, no, like I remember you and I were at a conference, I think it was in Amsterdam and we were talking about telemedicine. We had somebody come and present about telemedicine and, you know, they were saying this is the way of the future. And there were a lot of like old timey, old man horse vets there who were like, no way I have to be able to put my hands on the animal or a small animal. I have to be able to put my hands on the cat or the dog. And then COVID rolls around and we get into telemedicine and it's really taken off. So I think uh, you know, thinking back to all the years that we had, you know, sessions, education sessions or conferences that we put on as Oculus and having those sort of old time events saying, ah, well, I paid my dues in this way and this is how it always has to be. And uh, I think that we need to kind of blow up how we do things, you know, and thinking, oh, well, we can't possibly do X, Y, Z. Like, no, let's figure out how we can. And is this something that would bring more people to the profession? Uh, so I think challenging the traditional way that we think about how we deliver veterinary medicine is a huge thing. And I have to I totally admit that a couple of years ago, I was the person who's like telemedicine, no way. Uh, but obviously it's something that can work in certain situations. So like, what else are we sort of poo pooing or not even considering as a possibility for the veterinary profession? Yeah, I think it's it'd be interesting to sort of spend some time alone in a forest and think about that more.
1: Yep. I'm totally on board with that. So. I know what we're trying in my practice today, we are just talking about it. It was interesting. It's just in talking about the mental health of people. It's winter, days are shorter. If you're in the office till five, you leave and it's dark. Mm-hmm. It's not the busiest time of the year. If we are more effective scheduling, why don't we close an hour earlier? And then people can get out, still a bit light. You can go do some errands, take a little bit of a break. Because the question is, do we need to be open for our usual hours at this time of year? It's like, actually, we don't. So let's try that for a while. Exactly. Little things. Mm -hmm. Well, I am very excited for what comes in 2022. I'm always the eternal optimist, always hopeful. And I look forward to our discussions and uh, look forward to hearing from you, the listeners. And we want to thank you for your support in 2021 and hope you keep on listening in 2022.
0: Yeah. Thanks all.
1: Thank you. Thank you for listening to hire the smile brought to you by oculus insights our goal at oculus is to support veterinary businesses around the world by helping you clear your path to success this episode was produced and edited by heather mcpherson special thanks to Alyssa rubenstein for doing the amazing marketing that she does for oculus you can see what we are up to by checking us out on facebook instagram and linkedin and our website oculusinsights.net If you think you could use a business advisor or performance coach, go to advicebyoculus.com. See you next time.